another episode. Today, we're going to dive into knowledge sharing with a consultant all the way from UK. Let's welcome Hannah Price. Hannah, could you share a little bit about yourself for the listeners? Um, funny stories are always welcome here. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, yeah, you mentioned my name's Hannah. I'm based in Manchester in the UK, quite close to the Peak District. When I'm not at work, I'm basically anywhere in the great outdoors. I love getting outside, uh, but at my day-to-day job working at Top Desk, I'm a consultant. So I go to different organizations, help them implement, set up their Top Desk and also implement best practice as well, like knowledge management, which is my sort of uh, subject that I'm most passionate about. I love it really. Um, but funny stories, I guess one that sticks in my mind is I was once at an organization uh, working for them. I ended up working quite late didn't realise that everybody had gone home and they'd actually shut the building down. So when I tried to leave a couple of uh, hours later, I accidentally set off all the burglar alarms, ended up getting locked in and the police turned up, thought I was trying to rob the building, was actually I just got stuck inside. So that's gone down in history a little bit as a as an embarrassing, funny story in our team of consultants. <laughs> I love that. Obviously, uh, if we dive right into it, obviously we've heard the term knowledge sharing tossed around quite a lot. Uh, Do you mind explaining from your point of view what the goal of knowledge sharing really is? Great question. Um, Well, for me, and I think if you ask different people, sometimes they say different things, but for me, the main goal for knowledge sharing is that it helps organisations work smarter without working harder. Because essentially, if you were able to knowledge share and if you're able to um, record knowledge so that other people can use it. Essentially, what you're doing is you're you're giving yourself the ability to solve issues, not just for yourself, but for other people as well. So it's a really efficient way of working because a solution becomes something that you can roll out and scale uh, to lots of different teams and lots of different people. It saves a lot of time and energy. Um, so yeah, for me, it's, it's about working smarter and not harder. And also because more than ever before, um, we see that people want to be self-sufficient, uh, customers, uh, end users, they they want to solve their own issues now more than ever. We did we did a survey actually recently at Top Desk, and I think the, the number was something like 93% of organizations see that their end users want to self-help more than before. And the only way to do that is knowledge. So yeah, those are the two things for me that really stand out as a knowledge sharing goal. Yeah, 93% sounds really high as well. I can imagine a lot of people really want to have that knowledge there, but don't know where to start as well. So off the back of that, what are the common sort of pitfalls um, that people fall into and what are the steps people can take to mitigate them today? Well, it's funny, actually, because one of the most common pitfalls that people can fall into is around the timing um, of that they embark on their project to work on knowledge management or knowledge sharing, because people can sometimes think, oh yeah, we really want to do this. I can see all the benefits of knowledge management. Let's start now. But actually the the moment that you pick to start the project is really, really important because if you really want to adopt a proper knowledge sharing culture and really embed good, um, a good way of working with knowledge, it's quite a change to the way that people are used to working. And if you try and introduce a time where there's lots of other changes going on at the same time. So like if you're doing other big projects, if you're rolling out a new structure or implementing a new tool or something like that, that isn't a good time to also embark on a new knowledge management process or changing your knowledge sharing culture. So I really do think the timing can be very crucial to the success of your project. Um, Yeah, which sometimes isn't always the first thing you think of. You think, oh yeah, I want to get started right away. Yeah, it sounds like one of those projects that everyone knows they have to do, but you don't really know how much time to chalk out for it. So you might be under budgeting your time and 
yeah, definitely. Well, if we move on to the next question, do you have any specific examples of customers that have had success implementing and maintaining these knowledge sharing practices? Like you mentioned, timing is key. Um, how have you sort of helped them go through this and how has this impacted them? Well, if the customer has been successful and they've embarked on uh, that process and they've got to the end, one of the biggest impacts that I think that they find is they'll notice this sort of shift in culture. Um, and the shift that you see is one from where at the beginning of the project, people do something that we call knowledge hoarding. And you don't always realise that you do it. It's kind of quite uh, a natural thing that we do without realising. You want to keep information and knowledge to yourself sometimes. And a lot of the time that's because we reward it in organisations. We um, reward people for what they know. Um, because, you know, if you know a lot about an application or a process or a system, then you are seen as like really valuable to that company. You know, they, they won't want you to leave. They'll maybe sort of increase your salary, for example, because what you know is really important and nobody else knows it kind of thing. So it can lead to a culture of knowledge hoarding and people not wanting to share what they know because of the benefit it gets them. So the impact that it has if you do go on this journey towards a knowledge sharing culture is that completely flips. You see people are a lot more willing to uh, collaborate to share their knowledge to run training sessions to help each other out you see teams sort of talking to each other more and um, like across silos as well where normally you know people wouldn't talk to each other because they kind of keep behind their their walls so to speak so that's a really big um, impact that can have for if you if you have been successful with knowledge management um, and a nice thing with that as well we um we sometimes run a specific metric at the start of a knowledge sharing project or or you know an improvement project to look at the uh, the knowledge management process we look at the metric of the time to proficiency for a new hire so a new starter and what we'd notice is that um, if you're successful with your knowledge sharing program usually that time for proficiency for a new starter will actually go down because someone will be able to get up and running much quicker than they would have done normally because the knowledge that they need to do their job is much quicker available to them and they can learn much more swiftly um, and even if they're not like completely sort of up to speed and as knowledgeable as someone who's maybe doing the job for a year, they've so easily been able to expand their knowledge of the basics that they're already able to start bringing value and doing their job much quicker than they would have done sooner. So it's it's um, a really nice sort of result that you can uh, can expect and that we do help people with during projects as well to bring that time to proficiency down uh, as short as it can be. So yeah, there's loads really. I could I could go on for hours. <laughs> no, that sounds quite interesting. It's something I never thought of as well, like that time to proficiency you're mentioning. When we're hiring new people, you're not really focusing so much on the training and the knowledge that's available to them to sort of leverage the expertise that's already there. So it's definitely food for thought to think about too. Definitely. And it works um, the other way as well, actually. Interesting. You, you know, we mentioned about people joining, but it's the same with people leaving as well. There's less of a risk there because suddenly if someone leaves the organization and they're the only person who knew how to like work a system or a database that's a massive risk and a really bad thing for an organization so it works the other way too that that kind of knowledge is shared out and people leaving isn't detrimental you know you can have people move on and still continue business as usual no makes sense completely over the last 12 months, what are some of the strategies you've been able to implement uh, related to knowledge sharing that really helps with these metrics, like you mentioned with the time to proficiency as well? Well, funny you should say that actually, especially regarding the last 12 months part, because as we know, the last 12 months have been pretty crazy with everything that's been going on. So with that in mind, um, one 
one strategy or methodology that we really recommend that's really helpful for organizations is one called KCS. It stands for Knowledge Centered Services. It's a, it's a best practice methodology for knowledge management. Um, it's not actually something that comes from TopDesk at all. It's designed by um, the Consor Consortium for Service Innovation. You put a lot of thought and effort into this methodology and it's absolutely fantastic. So I encourage you to check it out if, if you can do sort of go to the consortium's website, look for knowledge centered services. And the reason why it's so good and the reason why particularly in the last year I see this as being so valuable is because of the focus on rapid knowledge growth. Uh, and they they really look to implement um, knowledge bases that are self-healing and self-evolving at a very quick pace, which makes so much sense if you think about what's happened in the last year, like how quickly things change, how quickly technology's changed, how everybody's had to keep up with all the things that are happening this year, you know, systems moving to the cloud, people having to work from home and work virtually. Like digital transformation has essentially been fast-tracked way quicker than we thought it would do. Um, that's the kind of speed that KCS is designed for. It's designed for that kind of rapid movement of technology. So you're not in a situation where you're doing a knowledge management project to go live in like six months time, by which time everything that you've written for your knowledge base is out of date because technology's moved on. It moves that quickly. KCS is the opposite about that. It's almost like applying sort of crowdsourcing your knowledge base to the um, to the extent that it's always up to date in the moments when it's needed. So definitely check out KCS. It's a really good one. No, sounds great. Uh, it's something that I think we've heard of before a lot, but best practices, you always think about them and you want to implement them, but then you always run out of time to do these kind of things as well. So it's a great starting point, I can imagine, for people who really want to implement these strategies properly right off the bat too. And yeah, it's definitely been challenging for service desks, uh, you know, communicating with each other, but it's also a challenge relating this information to the people you support. Um, in the case where an organization is sort of seeking to improve their knowledge sharing abilities, what are some strategies that they could use there? Great question. Um, well, for this one, I, I'd quite like to leave you with a sort of like a, a, a few different strategies, um, maybe some top tips in a way that you can start using straight away. This is off the back of projects where, uh, whether it's a service desk or any team really, if you take these top tips, it will definitely make your journey a lot quicker and uh, a lot easier. My first one would be, definitely invest in coaching over training um, and what I mean by that is when you're embarking on a knowledge management project um, it's very easy to put a lot of effort into the initial training of our operators and analysts and our guys on the service desk we're going to train you up in this new way of working off you go enjoy but actually studies show that if you invest in coaching more than training they're much more likely to be well they are going to be 80 percent more productive than if you just did training alone and coaching means that sort of aftercare after you've rolled out the process making sure that they're happy listening to their feedback all the kind of good stuff that happens after the training can often be quite forgotten about so that would be my my first sort of top tip have a, a coaching strategy as well as an initial training strategy second one relates a little bit to what we were talking about before about the knowledge hoarding culture that can sometimes happen um, have a think about how you can reward the opposite of knowledge hoarding for your employees and this might be something that we do inadvertently we might inadvertently be sort of putting a lot of focus on keeping knowledge to ourselves. Look out for those times where you think that might be happening and see if you can flip that on its head and bring conversations about sharing knowledge, 
uh, and you know helping train and enhance knowledge of your employees into things like appraisals into catch-ups with your team leads um, even actually looking to kind of physically reward it or at least appreciate and, and commend someone when they do do something which 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 enhances this knowledge sharing culture you can start then sort of unpicking the threads of knowledge hoarding and, and starting to turn that around um, and my next tip would be to be careful with the metrics that you uh, use during your knowledge management process it can be really tempting to start uh, measuring very quickly the number of knowledge articles that you create which isn't a bad metric don't get me wrong but what happens is people start using that metric as a target for their analysts and operators and say right we're going to give everybody a target of I don't know 50 knowledge articles a week or 100 a month or whatever it might be um, and what you'll find is that your your team, they'll hit that target because they've been given it. It's like, you know, if you're given a, a, a big shiny red button or a big shiny target to hit, you're going to hit it and they'll find a way to do it. So it's kind of like, yeah, great. Well done. You've hit the target. But what actually happens is that those 50 or those 100 knowledge articles might not necessarily be very good ones. They might be empty or they might be duplicates of ones that already exist or they might be very badly written um, or they might not be in a language that the user could understand. So. When you're using your metrics, be very careful about the behaviours that they encourage. Are they encouraging just creating knowledge articles or, or are you rewarding or measuring things that are more important, like the quality of your knowledge articles or the value of knowledge articles? Like, for example, imagine um, someone on the service desk team creates this incredible knowledge article. It ends up getting used, um, I don't know, 400 times in the course of the next four months that sounds like ridiculous numbers but it happens you have these knowledge articles that people create that are so valuable and so useful that they will be used hundreds of times over the course of the months and years that is the kind of thing that you want to measure and reward and say to operators yes you made this amazing high value knowledge article keep that up that's what we want so yeah that's a uh, my last top tip i think if you're if you're looking at your own knowledge management strategies Perfect. That sounds like a great place to end the episode as well. Uh, thanks to our listeners for tuning into our eighth episode of the season and a big thanks to Hannah for joining us today. Um, if you guys would like to stay up to date on all things TopCast, don't forget to sign up to our email updates at page.topdesk.com slash TopCast. See you in a couple of weeks where we'll be back at it with more service management content for you. In the meantime, stay safe, stay tuned, and most importantly, stay excellent. Take it easy, everybody.